Welcome to the Everything Early Childhood podcast designed for approved providers, nominated supervisors and other childcare leaders. This fun, lighthearted and very serious podcast features weekly episodes on strategy, advice and conversations with fascinating and inspiring people from across our sector. Join the journey and have access to the tools and inspiration you need to create high performing childcare businesses. Let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of Everything Early Childhood. My name is Lisa. I'm the founder of Platinum Education, but I'm sure you all know me by now. Um, We've been getting so many requests for this episode and I'm really excited to sit down. Um, I've got my blinds closed. It's nice and dark here to really delve into our service philosophy and really crafting that beautiful story and unique message about what you are about. Um, So I'm really excited to delve in, go through some questions to ask yourself to consider and really looking at how you can make yours unique. Now, your philosophy is, ever I get asked all the time, Lisa, what's the most important document that we have in our service? And quite simply, it is your service philosophy. It is the most important, the most critical, the thing that should be framed up on your wall, really proud of, um, piece of paper or document that you have in your service. What we find when we go into services is that there is always a philosophy because we need to have one. But the philosophy is um, very broad, very long. Um, it's and and that is the difference. So we visit so many different services, and I believe the biggest difference between meeting and exceeding is that beautiful, unique philosophy. A philosophy should tell your story. It should describe what values are important to you and your team, your community and your service. It gives everyone a clear direction and it should be very simple, clear and concise and really unique to you. So again, as good service philosophy can be the difference between meeting and exceeding. So the service philosophy reflects your values and beliefs of those who are associated with the service. Together with the approved learning framework, it assists educators in considering the services approach to learning, development and well-being. So it should also underpin all of your policies and procedures, as well as guide all aspects of the service operations and practices. So in last week's episode, we started to talk about the role. What is the role of a leader in an organisation? And we talked a lot about um, the boat analogy with roles and different people on the boat. And we talked about whether we thought that a nominated supervisor, director, whether their role is a captain or a navigator. Now, I'm a big believer in that they are a navigator and it's their role to help point every single person in the same direction because leadership is the capacity to translate your vision into reality and it's about helping everybody to see that, understand that and go in that same direction. So we want to keep every single person moving in the same direction together. 
um, issues come when um, we describe it like everyone's running in their own lane. Um, they might be sprinting, but they, they're running in different directions. So we want to bring everyone together and we want everyone to run in the same direction. And the best way to do that is to have a really, really solid service philosophy. So we're going to go over ways to craft that today. And we're going to go over some questions for reflection as you do craft and review your policy or your philosophy. So how often do you review your philosophy in your service? When was the last time that you looked at the document? Does it really paint a picture of not who you are right now, but who you want to be? So it's a future-based document of who you want to be and how you're aiming to get there. So with our philosophy, we um, will go over some key areas to focus on, but there's several reasons that a strong philosophy is essential. So we want to have guiding principles. So it acts as a set of guiding principles that shape the overall vision and mission of your organisation. It's a clear direction and purpose, ensuring that all aspects of your service align with the core beliefs and values that helps establish a consistent and cohesive approach to early childhood education and care. It's a decision-making tool, so it should make your life so much easier to be able to make those decisions really quickly, to be able to ask yourself, does this align with our values? Does this align with our mission? Does this align with our vision? So a well-defined philosophy serves as this decision framework for both administrators and educators. So when faced with decisions around curriculum, teaching methods, policies, procedures, if we refer back to the philosophy, this ensures that the decisions are in line with the overall goals and values of your service. It provides a foundation for making informed decisions and choices that benefit the children, families and community in your care. It's about communication and collaboration. So a strong philosophy helps communicate your services approach and values to families, team members and also your broader community. It establishes clear expectations and allows parents to understand what their child experiences will be like at your service. It also attracts team members who align with your philosophy and who are committed to its implementation, fostering a collaborative and supportive environment. It ensures consistency and continuity. So a well-articulated philosophy ensures consistency and continuity in the experiences and opportunities provided to children. It enables smooth transitions between rooms or age groups within the service as educators share a common understanding of the underlying principles and guiding their practice. And this consistency promotes stability and a sense of security for children, which is crucial for their development. It also is a professional development tool. So a philosophy acts as a foundation for professional development and growth. So we want to make sure that it encourages ongoing learning, reflection and improvement among educators by regularly revisiting and analysing your philosophy. Staff members can deepen their understanding of its principles and explore innovative ways to implement them effectively. 
Um, it also ensures accountability and evaluation. So a philosophy provides a framework for assessing the effectiveness of your service. It enables you to evaluate how well you're meeting your goals, identifying areas for improvement and making necessary adjustments. So by aligning your practices and policies with your philosophy, you create accountability and ensure that your service is continuously striving to provide high quality care and education for children. So that is the importance of a philosophy. Now, how do we go about creating one? I am a big believer in obviously getting everyone's input. Um, Your philosophy should also paint a picture of who your people are within your community. So the first step I recommend is values. Everything should come back to values. How do you assess what values are important to your community? Ask them. So we send out a list um, in our philosophy toolkit. We've got 140 values. We send them out to our community, our team, our families. We reflect and get them to circle their top five values. Once they circle their top five values, we bring those back. We collate it. We look at um, what are the top three from um, all of those values that have been collected and we ensure that they are featured really heavily within our philosophy. We also, so that's a starting point. We also ask people, what are your dreams for your children? What do you want for your children? What do you see here? Um, And I I believe that that is a much more meaningful way to ask for goals from families like what are your dreams for your children because as soon as you start saying dreams for the future it starts being a future-based goal rather than right now so whether it's at the start of the year and you want to gather that information on children um, and their learning as part of your curriculum um, or whether it's just crafting your philosophy to see what's really meaningful to those families so And really think about the families that you want more of. So, um, I mean, it's a whole different podcast episode, but really thinking about the customer that you want to attract. Because if you have a really generic philosophy – you're, it's not, and it's not clear, it's not concise, it's not um, people don't understand who you are, then you're going to attract those people that don't understand who you are. Very basic. You know, fair enough, you know, there's a service out there for every single person and every single customer. So we need to really think about for us when we're crafting our philosophy Who is it that we want to attract here? What type of families would resonate so deeply with our philosophy that they will come? And you need to be prepared. This is hard, guys, I know. But you need to be prepared as a business and an organization to say to someone, look, I don't think that we're a good fit for each other. This is our philosophy. This is what we're all about and making that really clear. And it's okay to say to a family, we just don't think that our philosophies align because there are plenty more services down the street um, that may align with their philosophy. And the beautiful thing, and I go on about this all the time, whether it's people, whether it's things, we are all different and we all offer something different. So when we walk into a service, one of the biggest questions is that we ask educators during their practice is how does what you're doing align with your philosophy? So tell me about your philosophy and how it aligns with your practice. 
and it's really um, in the, in the, in the exceeding services, the ones that are really high up, the ones that talk about it all the time, the ones that have it embedded in their team meetings, the ones that actually have gathered feedback and input um, from their team and from their community, they can articulate it so beautifully. I remember this one moment in a service um, that we visited. They were very culturally diverse. Um, in fact, they had a very high um, Japanese population and that was that was their philosophy they wanted to create that bilingual um, experience for families who perhaps had a background um, of being Japanese and bring it to services in Australia and it was just so beautiful to see how it really beautifully aligned and with what they were doing in their service so in Japan they have different um, celebrations and events and festivals and so they were bringing that back to their service so every quarter they had the, the festival that aligned with the Japanese celebrations and when we visited they were making um flower arrangements um, for the centerpieces of their dining tables and it was really beautiful to hear them articulate with how clearly that linked with their philosophy and who they were and what they were about. Um, we get a lot of questions is like well if that's the stance that we decide to take um, and the vision that we decide to go down how do we make sure that that is also in line with the policies, procedures, law, regulations, national quality standards. It's so simple. As long as you have a really foundational understanding of what they are, your vision can be anything that you want it to be, anything that you dream for children, anything that you depict for the future that you know you want to create and make a difference in these children's lives. You know, we're educating children now for jobs that don't even exist yet. And I mean, all over the media at the moment is AI taking over the world and taking over all these jobs. So we need to ensure that we're being creative, innovative and thinking outside of the box with how we embed these problem solving and growth mindsets in children for the future. Because jobs right now don't even exist. They are going to be creating roles for themselves for the future. So think about the future based. Think about the dreams. What is it that they need for the future and how are you going to get there? What is your vision for making that possible? And it's almost like a compass. It's going to guide you and guide your team in all of those things, decision-making, consistency, communication, your values. And it's going to make those really, really clear so that you can have optimal growth, development and learning experiences for children in promoting a high quality service. So your philosophy should combine your mission your vision, your goals and your values all in one document. It doesn't need to be long. Um, I've seen philosophies that go over two pages. You can have a long version um, and then have a condensed version that you display. But I think if you, and we talk about this a lot, especially around your QIP, your goals, your improvements, um, is three to four. That's it. That is all that people are going to remember. So what do you want to remember or what do you want them to remember as they read through the philosophy? Make it really easy for them to remember. So come up with catchphrases, come up with quotes, come up with um, key words that are used all the time. But then your philosophy should go into detail about how and what that looks like in your service. What experience do you want the children to have? What experience do you 
want the families to have? What experience do you want the team to have? And what is important to you and your community? So as you're crafting your philosophy, you really want to make sure that um, one, it's got your values. Two, that it's got everyone's input and voices. So you might ask your educators, just tell me some quotes, tell me some educational quotes or quotes about children that resonate for you and get gather them, put them all together and see what the patterns are, see what um, you know categories and, and, and similarities they have going back to our sorting days. And it's really important to look at those and to see how you can incorporate those um, into your philosophy. Um, you can also in surveys so um, a lot of services are like Lisa but how do we get family input it's really difficult build one build the relationship two ask for it (laughs) three when you ask for it make it really really simple and easy families are not going to sit there and fill out a whole page survey with 50 questions they simply just don't have enough time so how can you break it down how can you make it really easy and simple Um, Going back to what we were saying earlier, the values are really easy. They just circle the values. Um, You can get them to write them on little leaves and put them on the dream catcher, Um, whatever resonates for you in your service. Um, And then once you do that, you can incorporate those into your philosophy. So educator, parents, children's voices um, under each of your, so you can separate your philosophy into sections. So you might have a section on children, families, team um, or community children team. Um, You might have philosophies on what you stand for. So you might have um, categories on culture. You might have categories on um, what else? So culture, you might have sustainability, you might have health and safety, um, play-based like how children learn, education, um, child-centered, vision, mission. So think about all of the categories that are important to you and you can elaborate on those. Again, recommend sticking to three or four maximum. Um, but think about it as a wider, as a broader thing with, you know, who are the people, who do you serve, who are the people that are important and um, what would that person look like and act like and feel like. It's almost like your vision document for the future and um, for those people that you are going to attract in your service. And the clearer it is, the easier it is for everyone to follow and everyone to say, do I resonate with this? Do I agree with this? Yes or no. So it really defines the people that you will attract in your service. Um, So when you have the voices, you might have them under each category. So for example, um, you might ask the children, what do you love about our service? And they can write down or draw a picture what they love about, you know, coming to kindy or coming to school. And then you can use that in your philosophy and just quote it. Um, You know, Sarah, 2018, this is what she said. Um, Values, you can put the list of your top three values or even your top five values in there to show that this is where we got this data from. This is where we got this information from. Um, And then of course, team or family surveys where they are contributing to the philosophy as well. So it's really beautiful to show um, how that was crafted. So once you, when you are crafting your philosophy, keep it as evidence, your process with how you gather that information to show as part of your exceeding themes that you did involve all of your stakeholders or your community in crafting your philosophy. If you're a new service and you need to create a philosophy for your service, like prior to opening, 
do it. Just think long-term, think vision. What do you want? Why did you start the service? Who are you about? What do you want from, you know, the future of your service? Really sit down, close your eyes, really have a visual of what you want the service to be like, what experience you want the people to have within the service. What type of experiences would you like to see on a day-to-day basis? How would you like the people in your environment to feel in your service? And thinking about those questions will really paint a massive picture of what you want your service to be for the future. It's so important and it's so crucial, the role that we play, but our philosophy is going to drive and and navigate and act as that compass to help everyone go in the same direction. So that if you have somebody in your service that may not be acting in accordance with your philosophy, bring it back to that and say, you know, this is what our philosophy says, what happened and or, you know, what actions occurred do not align with our philosophy. So really and helping your team to really understand it. Use it. Utilize the language. Utilize everything that's happening or everything that it's quoted in that philosophy every single day. It's really important that everyone is aware of what goes into that philosophy. And they will be because it will have their input and their voices. The other thing to consider is what makes you special. So why are you unique? Why are you special? What is your secret source? When I read a philosophy, I want to walk in and I want it to paint a picture and a story of exactly who that service is. And I want to say, yes, I know and I can see what that service would be like and I want to go. I want to be a part of that service. I resonate so deeply. Like we've all got our own personal philosophies with what we believe and what values we hold dear to us. And so you want to attract those same people that have those similar values. So when your philosophy is crafted in a way that depicts that, it's really easy for people to be able to say, yes, this is me. This is a place I, I belong. You might want to use um, legislative documentation or, um, you know, relevant frameworks. So UN Convention of Rights of a Child, Child Safe Standards, your National Quality Standards, you can go off um, all seven of those and have a look at how they're involved in your philosophy. Um, In our philosophy toolkit, we do have questions to guide you. So our questions are around um, key areas to focus on. So what vision and mission So some questions around vision and mission. What is your ultimate goal or vision for the children? Um, Child-centered approach. So how will you prioritize well-being, development and individual needs of each child? How will you foster a love for learning and curiosity in children? So don't just look at right now. Look at what's important for the future of our citizens because they're not going to be little forever whilst we would love that we need to look at the future and what will be important for them to know to learn to grow for the future Um, relationships and communication so how does that occur in your service how will you establish and maintain strong partnerships with families how will you encourage positive relationships and interactions Um, Is play-based learning important to you? I mean, that's listed at least 10 times um, within the National Quality Standards. So how will you incorporate play as a fundamental aspect of learning? What is play? What does that look like in your service? How will you encourage exploration, problem solving and creativity through play? Um, Inclusion and, and diversity. 
and cultural awareness, cultural safety is listed so many times in the new EYLF 2.0. So what does that look like in your in your service? How will you ensure that children from different backgrounds and abilities feel welcomed and supported? How will you integrate multicultural perspectives into your curriculum and learning experiences? How will you create an inclusive environment? Um, professional development and continuous improvement. So how will you stay informed about current research, best practices and advancements in early childhood? Are you a future-based service or are you focusing on, you know, 10, 15 years ago? So are you moving with the times? Will you continue to evolve? What should families expect about that continuous improvement? And what is your culture? Seven, health and safety and well-being. So how will you prioritise your health, safety and well-being of everyone in your environment? And how will you maintain a clean and secure environment? Um, sustainability and environmental awareness. So how will you incorporate nature-based experiences? How will you teach children about environmental responsibility and stewardship? And do you think about it? So whether it's a cultural or sustainable lens, um, we know sustainability now is introducing us not only to environmental sustainability, but cultural and economic. So how is that guided in your service and how is every decision that you make guided by those principles and taken into consideration in your decision making. So it's really, it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be long, but really consider what is important to you. What is important to your community? Really paint that beautiful picture of who you are, what your story is, what you're about, what you're aiming to do for your service for the future. Um, let me know if you have any questions or if you're interested in um, purchasing our philosophy toolkit. But as a leader, you must envision the future, passionately believe that you can make a difference and inspire people to achieve more than they may ever have dreamed possible. So what do you do once you've got that really strong philosophy? So once you've got that really strong philosophy, it should be featured everywhere. Again, document the process with how you've gone about developing your philosophi and all the information with how it's collated. Um, that is also a process in itself, how to collate a philosophy. So once you've gathered all of that information, how do you put it into a beautiful words that really depict who you are? Um, that's a craft. So really spend the time to do that. We can support you with that if you like. Um, then once you have your philosophy, it should be a living document, just like your QIP, just like your improvements. So when it's a living document, it means that it's something that every single person talks about all the time. It actually is embedded in your service in every single aspect of your operation and everything comes back to that philosophy. So again, with the story about the Japanese service, I see every aspect of their philosophy lived out every single day. So if you have a long version of your philosophy, that's fine. Have the shorter version displayed, go through the shorter version, talk about your vision and your mission always. This is why we started operating the service. This is what we aim for. This is our vision. This is what we want for the future. This is why it's important. Um, at your team meetings, you can do little puzzles. Um, so we used to fill in the blanks. So at every team meeting, there was a little exercise uh, just to go over and refresh on your philosophy. 
But you can also do um, mind mapping and brainstorming. So break down each part of your philosophy and ask your team, what does that look like in our service? Or what would that look like? And then ask them, are we living this out in our service every single day? Because that will give you your areas that they need to focus on, that they need to improve. Um, develop and have catchphrases so it's easy to remember. And so, for example, if they have quotes that they like, you know, how can you reword them or what does it need to sound like so that it resonates for you? Um, And those key catchphrases and messages that you're going to be using all the time or break it down to words like three C's, three P's, three something. So then the team can, that can be their trigger. That can be what we call an anchor to go back and remember what that is all about. Start with one sentence and start with one paragraph and work your way through it. But it really help your team to understand why it's important and what it means, what it looks like and what it's all about and how they can live that every single day. So you really want to, obviously your vision is to make a difference, but what's your mission? What is your distinctive competence? What are you doing? Who are you serving? And how are you going to do that? So I'm looking forward to, please send me your philosophies. I love to read philosophies. It makes my heart so happy. Um, I know, Jake, you're sitting there rolling your eyes, but that's fine. Um, I love it so, so much. And um, when you craft it, you can then depict who you are. It's your unique story. It's, and you should be really excited about that document and want to showcase it. So there's heaps of services that um, they don't only display that piece of paper in their service, they also display um, their philosophy in visuals. So or create a book, create your story um, in a book that depicts that with visuals so that it's really clear, like this is what our philosophy looks like in our service. Um, which is really beautiful to see because then as you get new people through, they can really see in practice what that looks like and, and who you are. So I'm excited for you guys. Um, if you haven't, we recommend reviewing your philosophy every 12 months. Um, so we know that we get new families. We know that we get um, some new educators as well. Um, If you get some new key educators, so some senior leadership educators, you might want to revisit it um, just in case there are parts of that that don't align with what you are um, all about. So just make sure that um, yeah, annually every 12 months, have a little revisit and just make sure that you get everyone's input and everyone's voices within that document so that it really paints that true reflective picture of who you are and who you want to be for the future to keep making a difference for all of our future citizens. So keep doing that amazing job out there. Um, if you have any questions or anything that we can help with, please get in touch with us. Um, our website, www.platinumed.com com.au and we are so blessed to work with such amazing clients every single day Um, but if you have any other questions please feel free to get in touch otherwise have an awesome week and I look forward to catching you next week thanks for listening to the everything early childhood podcast if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review 
we read them all. <laughs> to catch all the latest from me, your host, Lisa Brown, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Lisa Brown underscore Platinum Ed. Thanks again for listening. Keep making every moment count and I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.